Tenth Lesson Specific Prayer And Jesus answering said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Mark 10.51, Luke 18.41 The blind man had been crying out loudly, a great deal, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Mark 10.47 The cry had reached the ear of the Lord. He knew what the blind man wanted, and was ready to grant it to him. But before he provided for the need, he asked him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? He wanted to hear from the blind man's own lips not only the general petition for mercy, but also the distinct expression of his desire. Until he spoke it out loud, he was not healed. The Lord still puts the same question to many who cannot get the aid they ask for until the question has been answered. Our prayers must not be a vague appeal to His mercy or an indefinite cry for blessing, but the distinct expression of definite need. It is not that His loving heart does not understand our cry or is not ready to hear, but He desires it for our own sake. Such definite prayer teaches us to know our own needs better. It demands time and thought and self-scrutiny to find out what really is our greatest need. Such time searches us and puts us to the test as to whether our desires are honest and real, such that we are ready to persevere. It leads us to judge whether our desires are according to God's Word, and whether we really believe that we shall receive the things we ask. It helps us to wait for the special answer and to mark it when it comes. Yet, how much of our prayer is vague and pointless! Some cry for mercy, but don't take the trouble to know what mercy must do for them. Perhaps others ask to be delivered from sin, but don't begin by naming any sin from which the deliverance may be claimed. Still others pray for God's blessing on those around them, and for the outpouring of God's Spirit on their land or the world, but have no special field where they wait and expect to see the answer. The Lord says to all, And what is it that you really want and expect me to do? Every Christian has limited powers, and as he must have his own special field of labor in which he works, so his prayers have a special field, too. Each believer has his own circle, his family, his friends, and his neighbors. If he were to take one or more of these by name, he would find that this brings him into the training school of faith and leads to personal and pointed dealings with his God. When we have claimed and received answers in such distinct matters by faith, our more general prayers will be believing and effectual. We all know how surprised the whole civilized world was when they heard of the way trained troops were repulsed by the Transvaal Boers at Majuba. And to what did they owe their success? In the armies of Europe, the soldier would fire upon the enemy standing in large masses, but would never consider aiming with every bullet. In hunting game, the Boer had learned a different lesson. His practiced eye sent every bullet on a special message to seek and find its man. Such aiming will win the day in the spiritual world, too. As long as we only pour out our hearts in prayer with a multitude of petitions, but without taking time to confirm that every petition is sent with the purpose and expectation of getting an answer, many will not reach the mark.
But if, as in silence of soul, we bow before the Lord, we ask such questions as these, What is really my desire? Do I desire it in faith, expecting to receive? Am I now ready to place it and leave it in the Father's bosom? Is it a settled thing between God and me that I am to have the answer? We should learn to pray so that God would see and we would know what we really expect. This, among other reasons, is why the Lord warns us against the vain repetitions of the Gentiles who are heard for much praying. We often hear prayers of great earnestness and fervor in which a multitude of petitions are poured forth, but to which the Saviour would undoubtedly answer, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? If I were in a strange land, taking care of the interests of my father's business, I would certainly write two different types of letters. Family letters would express to all the communication that affection prompts. Business letters would contain orders for what I need. Some letters might contain both. The answers would correspond to the letters. I would not expect a special answer to each sentence of the letters containing the family news, but for each order I send, I would be confident of an answer as to whether the desired article had been sent. In our dealings with God, the business element must not be lacking. With our expression of need and sin, of love and faith and consecration, there must be the pointed statement of what we ask and expect to receive. In the answer, the Father loves to give us the token of His approval and acceptance. But the word of the Master teaches us more. He doesn't say, What dost thou wish? but, What dost thou will? One often wishes for a thing without willing it. I wish to have a certain article, but I find the price too high, so I resolve not to take it. I wish, but do not will to have it. The sluggard wishes to be rich, but does not will it. Many wish to be saved, but perish because they do not will it. The will rules the whole heart and life. If I really will to have anything that is within my reach, I don't rest until I have it. Likewise, when Jesus says to us, What wilt thou? He asks if it is indeed our purpose to have what we ask at any price, however great the sacrifice. Do you indeed so will to have it, that though he delay it long, you do not hold your peace until he hears you? Alas, how many prayers are wishes, sent up for a short time and then forgotten, or sent up year after year as a matter of duty, while we rest content with the prayer without the answer. But, it may be asked, is it not best to make our wishes known to God, and then leave it to Him to decide what is best, without seeking to assert our will? By no means. This is the very essence of the prayer of faith that Jesus sought to teach His disciples. It doesn't just make its desire known and then leave the decision to God. That would be the prayer of submission for cases when we cannot know God's will. But the prayer of faith, finding God's will in some promise of the Word, please for that until it comes. In Matthew, Jesus said to the blind man, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Matthew 9, 28. In Mark, he says, What wilt thou that I should do? In both cases, he said that faith had saved them. So he also said to the Syrophoenician woman, 
Great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou desire. Matthew 15:28. Faith is nothing but the purpose of the will resting on God's word and saying, I must have it. To believe truly is to will firmly. But isn't such a will at variance with our dependence on God and our submission to Him? By no means. It is rather the true submission that honors God. Only when the child has yielded his own will in entire surrender to the Father can he receive from the Father liberty and power to will what he would have. But when the believer has once accepted the will of God as revealed through the Word and Spirit as his will also, then it is the will of God that his child should use this renewed will in his service. The will is the highest power in the soul. Grace wants more than everything to sanctify and restore this will to full and free exercise, one of the chief traits of God's image. As a son who only lives for his father's interests and seeks not his own but his father's will, is trusted by the father with his business, so God speaks to his child in all truth, What wilt thou? It is often spiritual laziness that, under the appearance of humility, professes to have no will, because it fears the trouble of searching out the will of God, or, when found, the struggle of claiming it in faith. True humility is always in company with strong faith, which only seeks to know what is according to the will of God, and then boldly claims the fulfillment of the promise, Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Lord Jesus, teach me to pray with all my heart and strength, that there may be no doubt with you or with me as to what I have asked. May I know what I desire, so that even as my petitions are recorded in heaven, I can record them on earth and note each answer as it comes. And may my faith in what your word has promised be so clear that the Spirit may indeed work in me the liberty to will that it shall come. Lord, renew, strengthen, and sanctify wholly my will for the work of effectual prayer. Blessed Saviour, I ask you to reveal to me the wonderful confidence you show us, thus asking us to say what we will that you should do, and promising to do whatever we will. Son of God, I cannot understand it. I can only believe that you have indeed redeemed us wholly for yourself and seek to make the will as our noblest part. Lord, I do most unreservedly yield my will to you, as the power through which your Spirit is to rule my whole being. Let him take possession of it, lead it into the truth of your promises, and make it so strong in prayer that I may forever hear your voice saying, Great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou desire. Amen.